What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every single day. It's free on all, free and available on all platforms five days a week. Coming at you every single weekday. Make it your first listen every day and make it part of your daily routine. Tell your pals to do the same. Today's episode. It's a mailbag episode. We're bringing it back. Uh, during the doldrums, <laughs> Blazers have been kind of slow, and I have uh, I've I've gone away from mailbag because the questions are like, what are they gonna do in the draft and free agency? Uh, and we just gotta wait because I I still we're still kind of you know building towards a little more in- information. Uh, I don't want to just be guessing. I want to be giving you know educated speculation. That's my goal. So we're bringing it back. Mailbag's back. There's two ways to get involved if you want to get in mailbags in the future. We typically do these regularly. And when the season starts, we'll do them each and every week. The two ways to get involved. Tweet at me, at Mike G. Rich on Twitter, or send me an email, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Typically on days of mailbags, I will send out a tweet from my Twitter account, at Mike G. Rich. And if you respond to that tweet, I will do my best to get you in the show. Like I said, we do these pretty regularly during the regular season. They've been a little bit slower during um, the true doldrums. But through the offseason, we'll do a bunch of them. So, you know, follow me on Twitter. Shoot me emails. We will do it. Mailbag's a ton of fun, so we would love to have you get involved. Without further ado, our first question comes from Matthew at Reverend Romulus on Twitter, who asks, which ends up being a higher number? Yusuf Nurkic's total three-pointers made next season or the number of times someone asks you if the Blazers should trade their pick before the draft? It's the it's the pick trading, but more on that in a moment. Um Nurk shot about one shot one three a game on average, 56 threes in 56 games. I think I projected him before the season to push up that number like closer to 85, um, you know, a career high. I think he doesn't. I do not want Nurk to shoot threes. Let me be clear. Just like don't. Uh, there's some times when it's okay. Like I don't need him to shoot zero, but I don't need a, I don't need one three point attempt a game from Nurk. <laughs> it's unnecessary for me. Um, he can be much more. Uh, he can be a much more effective offensive player without shooting threes. Every player in the league doesn't need to shoot threes. That's a myth. He can be really good and really impactful without doing it. So, like I think seventy next year is like a is a good number for him. If if he plays, you know, say say he plays seventy five games to shoot seventy threes in seventy five games is a great number. Shoots one a game, that's fine. Um, I'm not gonna love it, but you know he'll, he'll make one, and so he'll shoot another one. So I'll say I'll say between 70 and 80. But I'm getting way more than 70 and 80 questions about Blazers trading their pick. To wit, this next question comes from Greek Krapod at Greek Krapod on Twitter, who asks if the Blazers pick stays around six or seven, would you trade the pick if a premier role player such as OG Ananobi was available? Yes, yeah, yes. OG Ananobi's 24 years old. He's under contract for three more seasons. He's really freaking good. He's the type of player that every good team would want. I do not understand why the Toronto Raptors would want the seventh pick in the NBA draft in exchange for OG Ananobi. I don't, I don't get it, but yes, yes, yes. I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, with all these trades, like you got to figure out what the other team would want. What sort of stage and roster building are they want? And for me, like specifically with the Raptors, they're in the stage where they want to get a star to push them over the top. They're a good, a darn good team that needs a little bit more. They're not in reset mode. I don't read them as in reset mode, and I don't read them as having a, a positional logjam at all. You know what their plan is? To have a bunch of six foot nine dudes. Shout out to my man Sean Woodley, host of Lockdown Raptors, who coined the phrase Operation Six Foot Nine or Project Six Nine. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to have a bunch of tall dudes. It's not a, it's great. It's working out for them. Um, but yeah, if that trade is available, the Blazers should hammer it immediately. Next question comes from my friends. Call me Clayton at Clayton Pipert on Twitter, who asks, say the Blazers land the sixth pick. Do you think it'd be 
a viable strategy to move up and draft one of the big three? Or by some miracle, Smith and Bancaro is there at four. Should we try to move up then? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. The Blazers do not have a bunch of trade ammo. So if they do trade a bunch of stuff to move up or some stuff, like what, what, again, think about what another team would want. Detroit, let's just take Detroit, right? The Pistons, they get the third pick in the draft. Uh, they'd rather have Jaden Ivey or whatever. and, and Or, or they'd, they'd rather have some stuff and not necessarily Jaden Ivey at, at, at three or, or Palo Bencaro at three, right? They're, they're like, hey, let's, let, we're comfortable trading back. We're okay, like... Ben Matherin and Jalen Duran will do it for us as long as you give us Nazir Little. Would you trade Nazir Little and the seventh pick in the draft for the right to to draft Paolo Bencaro? I wouldn't do that. Uh, I, like your mileage may vary and what other teams value that? Like, would they value like Nas who projects as probably like a long-term role player in the league. And then a, like someone in that six, seven range who again, probably projects as a long-term role player, like two starter level players for a, a chance at a star. I don't think so. Like, I just don't think, I do not think the Blazers have the ammunition to trade up there, but again, like, should they, they should consider it. And if the price is right, they should do it. But the price for them is just so narrow. The Blazers just have so few things to trade and move up that I can't really see that happening they just need good luck on draft lottery night they just need to they just need to end up with the first pick in the draft then it doesn't matter then we don't have to talk about them trading up they just have to get that pick correct next question comes from tyler cornwall at tyler cornwall 31 who asks in a situation where the blazers get pick four which of these two trades would interest you the most you see rev romulus everybody is asking about the trades uh Nurk cannot keep up with this pace. It's May. It's I'm recording this on May 9th. Uh, we're st- we're still a week away from the NBA, the lottery, much less the draft itself. We got a long way to go. Nurk has Nurk's gonna get have to get up 253s for us to get there. Tyler asks. Tyler Cornwall asks. In a situation where the Blazers get the fourth pick, which of these two trades would interest you the most? Pick four for Washington's pick number 10, number 56 in the second round, and Rui Hachimura, or pick number four for Charlotte's picks at 13, 15, and PJ Washington. It's the Charlotte package by a mile for me. I I do not, I'm, I'm not a big Rui Hachimura believer. Uh I don't, I don't think he's bad necessarily. I just don't think he's like a high level contributor to winning basketball. I don't, I don't see him as a very good passer and a playmaker. I don't see him as a very good defender. I see him as a guy who can get a bucket, um, not a need for the Blazers, maybe a need for another team, maybe even like a specific need for a a, a version of the Wizards. But I, I'm not a really a Rui guy. I don't, I, I do not, the, just like the aesthetics of his game, I don't really care for. Um, I like Chuckers, but he's not my flavor of Chucker. PJ Washington might end up being a pretty good and versatile defensive player. Like I'm, a, let me say this, I am a PJ guy. Like I straight up really think PJ Washington's good. Um, is he like a starter on a good team? Probably not. He's probably a bench guy on a really good team, but he's a versatile dude who could play. He can play four and five. Like he, he's really thrived in small ball five in Charlotte. He can defend uh, a bunch of different spots. Like not like a, not all NBA or all defense level, but like competent defender. I think at those spots for my money, not much of a rim protector, but guarding in space is a really valuable tool in the league. And I think PJ does that. And if you get 13 and 15, obviously you're trading out of a real position of power in six and you're going to get, you know, probably worse prospects, but it gives you a chance to either get two rookies or, you know, a rookie you like who falls like a Mark Williams or a Tari Eason if they slip to the back of the back of the lottery and maybe something to trade for another veteran. Like, I just think that package is just way better. And I just also straight up think PJ Washington is like 
for me, like significantly better than Rui Hachimura. Does that make me a hater? It probably does, but it also makes me a lover because I love PJ's game. All right, let's come back in the second segment and answer more of your questions on this glorious Mailbag Monday. It's a true Mailbag Monday. I'm recording this on Monday coming out on Tuesday. So we're back in action with a true Mailbag Monday. Let's come back, answer more of your questions. But first, let me tell you about Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. Uh, I play Prize Picks. I do it on my phone. I use the app. It's a great app. Super, super easy to use. But you can also go to prizepicks.com. But hey, be, be like me. Use the app. And it's really, really simple. You can create an entry. You pick two and five players. And you're just picking against the over-unders set by Prize Picks. You can make your entry in less than 60 seconds. And it's so simple. It's all the all the props that you want points rebounds, steals, assists, total fantasy points, whatever it might be. You just pick the over-under, pick against the over-under. You pick higher or lower than the than the line set by prize picks. And if you win, you get paid. You don't even have to get all of them right. You can you can wager to say, I'm going to get two out of three, or I'm going to get three out of four, and Price Picks still pays. I have a ton of fun doing it. I think you will too. And for a limited time, here's a no-brainer offer for you. You can get $50 for free if a player in your Price Picks entry scores a single point when you use the promo code NBA. That's right. An exclusive offer for Locked On listeners. Sign up today. Use the promo code NBA for $53 if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point. Go in there. Put Devin Booker on your first entry. Pick the whatever over under on points you want to be when Devin Booker scores you're going to get 50 bucks that's da- that's prize picks daily fantasy made easy today's show also brought to you by Athletic Greens uh listen i started my morning this morning taking AG1 it is the supplement from Athletic Greens that i got interested in because i had i had heard quite frankly other podcast hosts talk about it and i wanted to experience the you know improved gut health the improved energy the better optimized immune system and all those things so you might be asking yo what is this stuff that all the podcast hosts are talking about that everyone across the locked on network and the podcast world might be mentioning well it's one scoop of AG1 that you can and if if you put that in your glass of water in the morning to start your day, you're going to be absorbing 75 high quality vitamins and minerals, whole foods, source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, your it helps you age a little bit less. I don't really know what that means, but it helps all of the things. Listen, it's also only, it contains less than one gram of sugar, despite it being a pretty mild tropical taste, tastes pretty good. Put in a cup of water, start your day right. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than buying your expensive cold brew from say a local retailer that sells them in glass bottles. It's a micro habit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. So Right now, reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. One scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements. Make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of their immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take advantage of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. All right, let's keep it rolling on this glorious mailbag Monday, a traditional mailbag Monday. We have, we've, I've been slacking on mailbags just because it's like, 
during the doldrums, I didn't want to do mailbags. But I also just haven't, timing-wise, haven't done a traditional mailbag Monday in many moons. So I'm happy to be back. And I'm happy to have this next question from James Gifford, at James Gifford 34 on Twitter, who asks, Understanding this will take multiple cycles to build a championship caliber roster. How does the looming sell from Jody Allen affect roster building, franchise direction, and players, parentheses, dames, perception of the team? Um, Players, very little. Uh, You know, like, I think Damian Lillard's going to end up signing a max contract extension this summer. Just a guess. Like, I'm not reporting that, but um, from kind of, I'll I'll call it educated guess. Like, I I think that's going to happen. if he gets if he gets another hundred million bucks, he doesn't care who owns the team. Like he's he's Gucci. Like he's 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 the most powerful person in the franchise, um, and it, it's going to work out fine for him. And and like um, just in general, players are like they're most of them are salaries are kind of defined in slots, and there's also a salary cap. Like ownership doesn't matter like much in the sort of long term. The day to day stuff like is am I comfortable at work matters a little bit, but it matters for everything else. Like the players, the players will feel the effects matters for everything else. Like, you know, the, the Blazers had two executives stand, uh, step down, one step down, one was fired this year and they promoted from within. Uh, I'm not saying that either of the two gentlemen who, who assume those roles is like not deserving of those roles. In fact, like both of them, I know them, um, and experience them in professional settings, like totally qualified and capable of doing so. But if you're a team that is like, you know, has a heavily invested owner, you probably at least conduct an outside search for both of those jobs because it's a big, important role on a big, important company. And if you're, if you're about to sell the team, you don't specifically do that. So the person who buys the team can make those decisions. Also just like little investment stuff, um, you know, like, there was a big incentive for them to get out of the luxury tax this year for a variety of like totally reasonable reasons in, in terms of like the team was bad and you don't want to spend a whole bunch of money on a bad team. And if you're going to spend money in the future, you might like saving now and avoiding the repeater tax helps billionaires. Uh, they can just, people can just pay whatever. See Steve Palmer. You can just, you can just pay whatever money. Uh, it doesn't matter. You have the billionaires have a lot of cash on hand. Uh, but like it, it impacts how aggressively competitively te- teams will be. Um, or, or the team can be because the like they're they're not I don't know if they're prepping like right now as we speak for a sale but they're they're reasonably operating as if there's not a long tail on this investment and if there's not a long tail on this investment you don't make big 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 money things outside of player salary and even then you might cut back on a little player salary because you know there's player salary is capped like spending money outside of player salary is not capped and that's kind of where you can shave the expenditures and that's where you've seen the blazers be um maybe just like less aggressive in their pursuit of those of those types of things uh, a couple people asked about uh a good friend of the friend of the program rev dr beals asked like will we know or will we just wake up one day and the, and the uh, team is sold i think so like i, I mean john canzano has reported pretty well on it jason quick did some good reporting on it um like those two guys will probably have it, but it'll probably be a Woj tweet. Like that's, that's how we'll probably learn is like Woj will tweet it out and it'll be like, Oh wow. Um, it's not one of those things you're going to like see on Craigslist. Uh, you know, there's like such a small circle of people who can afford a team, uh, you know, who, who can spend $2 billion on a, on a, on a basketball team. And even then there's of the people who can do that, who are interested in doing it. Certainly there's people who are interested. Uh, I think it will sell quickly if the Blazers get all of their ducks in a row. Uh, or the Allen estate rather gets his ducks in a row and wants to sell. I think there's, there, there are, 
it's a it's a good investment to buy a sports team if you can afford it. Uh, so I think it'll happen quickly, but it's not it's not going to be a public thing. It'll it'll certainly happen behind the scenes. Next question comes from Connexion Blazers at Connexion Blazers on Twitter, who asks if you could sign any former Trailblazers player, still playing or not, for the three and sports four spots. Who would that be considering Billups' schemes and that Dame, Anthony Simons, and Yusuf Nurkic are locked in at the point guard, shooting guard, and center positions? Uh, for me, this one is was relatively easy. I'm looking at rangy forwards, so give me Scottie Pippen and Buck Williams. Honorable mention to Clyde Freakin' Drexler and Rashid Wallace. Um, Sheed was Sheed would be really, really helpful on this team, but... Uh, so like he'd be up there, but the versatility of Buck and Pippen, um, I think is a little more valuable in the modern context. And like Clyde, like it's like a talent league. I'll just and Clyde's big. Like I'll just add a six seven dude who's like you know was at the the second best player at in the league for, for a brief period, and certainly the second best shooting guard in the league behind Michael Jeffrey Jordan uh, for a handful of seasons. Like yeah, give me talent and we'll figure it out. So like. Uh, maybe like realistic, strategic exodus, uh, basketball nerd. Mike answer is, is Scottie Pippen and Buck Williams. The first two names that came to my mind, but like the, like, you know, just like, let's go for it. Rasheed Wallace and Clyde Drexler. Let's get, let's add talent. Okay. We're not going to be great on defense. That's all right. But like, let, you know, give me the reins and give me like prime Clyde and prime Sheed. And, uh, I'll try. We'll be, I think with Nurk and Sheed up front, we'll be all right. And with Dame Clyde and Ant, we're going to be pretty good on offense. I will, uh, I'll happily take my chances with, uh, with that approach. Next question comes from Mickey Walker at Mickey IR seven on Twitter, who asks, asks how many combined points and assists do Ant and Dame need to average per game next year for the Trailblazers to have success defining success as top six in the West I'll go 47 and 10 something like 22 and 3 from Anthony and 25 and 7 from Dame I think that's I think that's about right 47 and 10 you know, there's going to be more to it than just those guys. But because like, I think Dame and Ant could easily combine for 47 and 10 next season. The Blazers won't be very good. Like, because I think they're both very good basketball players. Um, but it takes, you know, takes more than that. Uh, and the Blazers, you know, could finish 10th in the West with those, with those averages. But yeah, I'd say at a minimum, at a minimum, 47 and 10 is like the baseline where those guys need to get to. Next question comes from Connor at cool CJL on Twitter, who asks, Knowing the worst kept secret that the Pelicans pick was always destined to be traded for a starting caliber player, do you think it's still possible for the Blazers to acquire a starting level player with what remains? The 2025 pick from the Milwaukee Bucks, the trade ex player exception, and Keon Johnson? No, not not really, no. Uh, depends on what level of starter you mean. Like, is P.J. Washington a starter? Is Rui Hachimura a starter? Yeah, like, yes. You could find a player who ends up starting on the team next year for that package. But you're going to, like, I don't know if the 2025 pick is interest is interests enough to the Pistons to get it done. They will field other offers first to be sure. Uh, yeah, I think, like, my basic guess to that is no. Um, but it kind of depends on what you mean. And it depends on kind of the situation, like, specifically with, with you know, everyone, the, the, the worst-kept secret, the Jeremy Grant trade. Like, it kind of just depends on if Grant can kind of muscle his way out of there and what the Pistons market ends up being like when they say, hold on. Hold on, Jeremy, we understand what you want, but what if we explore some other avenues? And if they explore some other avenues and get something better than a 2025 pick from likely one of the best teams in the league, I mean, maybe Giannis hops out in 2024 and it changes the, the whole course of the Blazers franchise, but 
you know, long time down the road and potentially a really like, you know, a pick that doesn't look like it's going to be high up in the draft. I don't think that's super, super appealing. All right, let's come back, close the show with some more of your questions. This is glorious mailbag Monday, but first bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action and the place with more lines, more props, more odds than ever before. Uh, you can bet on all of your NBA playoff action. You can bet on all of your NHL playoff action. You can bet on the NWLS. You can bet on the MLS. If you're into soccer here in the domestic soccer leagues here in North America, if you want to bet on soccer abroad, that's on there too. You want to bet on tennis matches, that's on there too. You could have won some money betting against Jokovic uh, and Rafael Nadal this weekend out there in the out there in Spain. Like, could have had it if you've gone to bet online. Also, combat sports, whatever else, you're going to find it. So don't do not delay. Go ahead and take advantage of this offer. That's bet online where the game starts. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to Lockdown Blazers, and we're still cruising through a mailbag Monday back at it. This next question comes from Jason Reyes at Jason underscore Reyes underscore. Do not forget that second underscore. And Jason asks, do you think Damian Lillard will have major input on draft day a la LeBron James picking Shabazz Napier in 2014? Uh, no, yes and no. Uh, Dame has always had... Not always. Dame post Lamarcus, and even like once they were good post Lamarcus and kind of like truly building around him. Um, I'm not sure then that first year in 2015 he had a lot of say, but beyond that, Dame's had say in in uh, personnel matters. Like I don't think he goes in there with a list of names. I mean, I'm I'm sure he has at some point, or as people have gone in with a list of names. Uh, but like, you know, he's not he he's not running the front office, but he's heavily consulted you know in the summer of 2016 when they were bringing everybody back they said hey you know at the end of the summer mo harkless is the last the last one we haven't re-signed and dame said you got to bring mo back you brought the whole boat back let's go get mo um damon lord was heavily involved in the son white side deal that was that was a, a personal preference he was heavily involved in the carmelo anthony signing um like he doesn't do it like he doesn't do it but he's he's consulted like he's a he's a powerful part of the franchise and he gets say some say in matters now the the, the Shabazz Napier thing in, with Miami Heat in 2014 is like unique right LeBron was a free agent he'd been there for four years there was a lot of speculation that he was going to leave and also like the timing of it was that Chris Bosh and 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 Dwayne Wade like the whole the whole Heatles trio was kind of breaking up and it was uh who was going to stay and who was going to go and and LeBron is like you know obviously this is what he does. He kind of like goes to a place and then holds the hostage and then leaves. And he, he like had specifically said Shabazz Napier was the guy he wanted. Shabazz, when he was here in Portland, I, I remember him with well, him telling me it's no secret why I got drafted by the heat. LeBron wanted me like it, Shabazz knew the score of the game as well. I don't think it works like that for Dame here. Like I, to be clear, I don't think it works like that for Dame here, but yes, yes. He, like, I don't think he's going to be in the room on draft night or whatever, but he will have, you know, I, like he's Dame isn't pouring over college tape, but he knows who can hoop in the league. And when they get to free agency or get to like the, you know, if they're making trades at draft night, Dame will have some input on who, he wants to play with like just absolutely that's the way um that's the way this enterprise works and it's the way that most nba teams operate is when you have a guy of dame's caliber who has is particularly one who's been you know 
on the team for 10 years. They just, they get a say in things. And Dame is certainly no different than others. Eamon Kearney has our next question at tall, good looking on Twitter, who asks, which current blazer has the nicest smile? I think it's Greg Brown, the third, uh, just an incredibly effervescent, bubbly and kind fellow, um, just, just a, a warm soul and a dude who, when he smiles, you want to smile too. Cause he's fun. I think, uh, Greg Brown is your best smile on the blazers. KR endless at black Mamba TD has our next question and says, which playoff team should the trailblazers try to emulate for next season? I like this one because I think it comes up every postseason, and I don't think it's that simple. And I think it not being that simple is maybe a good way to think about how the Blazers get from here. Is this point A? We'll call it point A to point Z at, you know, at, at winning a championship, right? Like how do they, how do they do those things? It's hard to follow anyone's path because team building is, uh, dang it, it's fluid. Roster construction is a fluid process. Damn it, Neil. Um, yeah, like it, it, it is. Unfortunately, that's true. Like it's just you can't follow everyone's path. Uh, you can't follow the path of the 76ers, right? You can't can't exactly do it that way. There's something to be said for that approach. You get a franchise pillar and you build around him and you try to add add vets and, you know, nail the 21st pick in the NBA draft and, and Tyrese Maxey. And, uh, and when you have a chance, you trade for another star and you hope it works. And finally, when James Harden has one good game in the playoffs, it feels like it worked. Um, James Harden was like fine, but he was not James Harden until uh, game four. And then he looks like James Harden again. It looks a little smarter. But like, I, can you follow that path? I think like the closest thing to it, like who they should emulate is Phoenix. Uh, you know, a team that won 65 games this year after playing in the NBA finals, but like highly paid hall of fame level point guard. Okay. Uh, really good two guard next to him. Ant has a long, 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 long way to go to be Devin Booker, but sure. Let's, sure, 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 sure. And then, you know, win the lottery and get it right. That would be this year. You win the lottery and you you draft your DeAndre Ayton type. You draft your franchise changer at, you know, a, a guy who's who can, as a rookie, grow with a team that's great. And then maybe your owner cheaps out and he leaves or whatever's going to happen with DeAndre Ayton. I still think he ends up in Phoenix on the max. But like you win the lottery in a year that maybe you weren't, that you were like a, you know, the fifth worst team in the league, I think, believe is when Phoenix won the lottery. They weren't, they weren't the tippy tippy top of the draft. And then you nail some mid lottery picks. Mikhail Bridges, you know, a, a mid lottery pick they traded for on, on draft night. Uh, Cam, Cam Johnson famously won 11th. Cam Johnson won 11th. Uh, that's love, bro. And you get those picks incredibly right. You are an appealing destination. So someone like Jay Crowder ends up there and you can fill the end of your bench with quality players like JaVale McGee, because you're already a really good team. Like that's the Blazers path forward. That's a three-year plan or a, generously a two-year plan. If, if, if things go well for the Blazers over the next two drafts, you know, is, is two years, you know, two years, so much can change in the league. It is, it is moves so, 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 so quickly. Uh, so that's not perfect, but I think that's something what, like, if you're talking about what could they emulate vets, really good second tier star, and then nailing the draft once when you're at the top of the lottery and then a couple times in the back half of the lottery, that's, that's who you emulate. You build, um, you build an elite defense, you build an elite defensive team anchored by two incredible individual offensive scores. That's that's who you emulate. That's not easy. I don't think, I don't think they can do that, but uh you know, for you KR endless, that's the path. 
Next question, the final question of the show, comes from Casey Box, who asks, in theory, when constructing a playoff caliber roster, what is the ideal balance of rookie-scale contracts, vet minimum contracts, mid-level-ish guys, and max contract guys? This is a great one. And the answer is, it's unclear. Typically, you would need two max guys who deserve max contracts. And but what, what I mean by that is that if you have Joel Embiid and James Harden on the max, and, and Harden is now and likely will be this summer when he gets, when Daryl Morey hooks him up with the, with the Brinks truck, um, you need them performing at max levels. Then you need your, your Jay Crowders of the world, your Danny Greens of the world, your sort of like mid-level veteran guys who are making more than the minimum to hit. You need them to hit. You need them to like be really valuable. Then you need some vet minimum guys, some some sort of like, um, you know, or, or or lower exception guys, the Bobby Portises of the world to hit, right? To, to agree to take a little bit less and to be really valuable in their contributions. Then you need players on the back half of the rotation on vet minimums. You need vet minimum guys who contribute. I mean, it's just, it's hard to do it without minimum guys who can contribute. There's always an exception to this, right? But like you typically, you know, like two max guys, a mid-level guy that hits a smaller or like secondary mid-level guy that hits. So that's two max, two mids, like three vet minimums. And then like the best teams, and this is really, really important for every team, is that you get two to three players on rookie deals who are contributors on while they are underpaid. The way to build a team that that excels in the league is not to wildly and lavishly spend. Although the Warriors might prove me wrong here, but what the Warriors are going to, what the Warriors attempted to do was add, was add Moses Moody and add Jonathan Kaminga and add James. James Wiseman add these high-end lottery guys and have them be contributors on the bridge to what's next. Add Jordan Poole's the contributors to what's next to an incredibly expensive roster, right? To an incredibly expensive roster. Uh, the the young guys other than Jordan Poole really haven't hit. Uh, Kaminga's fine, but he's like he's nine, he's like a good nineteen-year-old, but he's also like a nineteen-year-old. He looks a little out of his depth at the highest level of basketball. But to to win a title, you need you need players that are underpaid because you need to max out certain guys because you need a superstar and probably like a if you have a 1A superstar you need a 1B superstar too to like to to really win a title right you need a Drew Holiday a Chris Middleton uh, a uh, Chris Paul to your Devin Booker, you need it. But then like, because of the just realities of the salary cap, you need to have rookie scale guys, guys who are on rookie contracts, vastly outperform that rookie scale deal. You need a guy who's drafted as a drafted and on a rookie deal to pay, to play like a guy who's going to get a max contract before and but he needs to perform and help you win before he's eligible for that big deal like they kind of missed the boat with ant's breakout ant's going to get paid if ant gets paid and vastly outperforms like a 20 million dollar annually a year deal the blazers will be in a really good spot right because they'll be able to fix you know clean up their books and maybe have a little bit of space to add you know other role players that can really help without being crazy up against it uh financially they're gonna be up against it financially but maybe not wildly up against it financially if if ant was making 35 million as opposed to 19 and a half million whatever it might be that that difference will will matter at some point not in terms of like what they have to offer they'll probably be over the cap team but tax payments and decisions about tax payments and all of those things i don't think there's a perfect formula i don't think you can say like i know i said like two two three and two like that for for two max 
backs, two mid-level, three vets, and, and three rookies. Like, that's just like a, I'm kind of just ballparking. What you need is you need your max players to play like max players, and you need two guys to play well above what they're getting paid. When the Warriors were incredible, when they were the best team we've, you know, of of the last decade, Steph Curry was making $11 million a year. He was on a crazy contract that, because his ankles were screwed up early in his career, uh, he signed a well, ended up being a well below market deal. It allowed them to add Kevin freaking Durant, and they became incredible. You just have to have guys underpaid. Uh, if you listen to this podcast in the past, you know I'm pretty pro-labor. I'm never rooting for players to be underpaid. I'd rather be, you know, what would you rather be? Underpaid or overrated? I, I'm always rooting for overpaid. Uh, but like, uh, so like there's, I don't know if there's a perfect formula, even though I've laid out a formula, but I, I, I know that you cannot have guys on max contracts underperform and you have to have guys on rookie scale deals vastly outperform their level. Um, it's why it's, inc- I'm very much in favor of the Blazers using their pick this year and getting someone who is, who is ends up being straight up underpaid, like who ends up vastly outperforming that rookie contract. I think that's their path forward. Uh, like I've said a bunch on this particular episode, not an easy one. But I, I earnestly and honestly believe that's where they got to go. That is going to do it for today's show. That's that's your mailbag, uh, your mailbag Monday, a traditional mailbag Monday. There were a couple questions, uh, to be frank. I'm not going to shout you guys out now, but there were a couple questions that were awesome this week, and I'm just going to save them and use them later this week. So if you did not hear your question, you're like, Mike, I sent you an absolute banger. Guess what? I probably agree, and we're just going to do a whole episode talking about that absolute banger that you sent me. So come back and listen to that one. Uh, we we got a, a locked-on NBA Network mock draft coming later this week. Me and my fellow hosts on the um, teams that are not in the playoffs conducted a a mock draft. Uh, It went down today, so later this week, I will bring you the mock draft from Locked on NBA. It's a whole bunch of fun. I bet we'll do a couple more of these before things really get going and after the uh, picks are finalized. We'll we'll certainly do a full mock draft as we've done in the past, uh, but we'll do a couple little mini lottery simulations before we get there as well. That should be a lot of fun. So we got more fun shows coming for you later this week so come on back and tell your friends to do the same available five days a week free on all platforms just search locks on blazers you'll find us wherever you're looking appreciate you listening talk to you soon